Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Everybody's upset because he's an anti-Semite, this guy. Yeah. Well, guess what? As he's spitting out all this anti-Semitic garbage in Turkish, you know what happened right at the end of his speech? He collapsed. He collapsed. Just went down on the ground. And a bunch of people got up and uh, and tried to help him. I don't know what his status is. Member of Parliament in Turkey. What's the capital of Turkey? Ankara, I believe, if I remember my Midnight Express. Midnight Express, ever see that movie? The guy, oh, never, never try to smuggle weed uh, in Turkey. Although now, who knows? It's probably totally fine. Actually, maybe not. You know, not everybody is as permissive as we are, like Russia. <laughs> Brittany Griner, they found... Uh, they found a couple. It, it, they found what a tube that kind of smelled like pot, and they throw her in uh, the gulag for nine months. So be careful over there. Uh, that's a great movie, totally great movie. But that guy, I cannot believe still the broad, uh, widespread anti-Semitism. I am, and that anybody could side with the ilk of the terrorists who attacked us on nine eleven. Or some maniac like the guy who opened fire on that music festival at Las Vegas. Remember that a couple of years ago? That mystery man busts open his window. He's got 15 guns in there that he's been taken in for the previous three days. We don't know that. We don't know that. A damn thing about that case. The weirdest thing ever. He was a wealthy man. He was like a multimillionaire. And at the age of 61, he decides to bring 15 guns into a hotel room and open fire and kill, what, 150 people? Hello, that's um, and the FBI doesn't know. Yeah, you know they got all these criminal profilers, they got all these units, and they all, all these TV specials, and they're always bragging about how good they can't figure out what was going on with this guy's mind. I wonder why. I wonder. Um, James Flippin just walked in. How are you? Hey, Greg. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just thinking about that Las Vegas shooting and how I feel like there really was never any like potential explanation even posited. So strange. So strange. I don't think we're, uh, hey, the other thing we got to do is we have to support Rudy Giuliani. This guy, talk about being railroaded. This is America. You are allowed to criticize public officials, public workers. You're allowed to criticize anybody. And he had a couple of, he had his doubts and suspicions of Ruby Moss and Shea Freeman or Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, whatever their names. Those two election workers noted for their pathetic um, public presentation. I can never go to the grocery store again. 
I never know when my mama's going to yell out my name. I mean, I would not go to the grocery store if my mama was yelling out my name for three aisles over. I'm sorry, but those women have not incurred any damages. I'm reading the Liz Cheney book. Did I tell you about that? You did, yeah. You mentioned that you're reading it so that we don't have to. (laughs) It stinks. It totally stinks. And she's given Rudy Giuliani and others a hard time. All right. Well, I call this up. There is an important news story I need to know. What is it? Well, um, in terms of this story here in the city we're talking a lot about is this 97-year-old apartment building up in the Bronx that partially collapsed yesterday. And there was something like 100 violations on this building. Um, some residents have talked about that there was cracks in the mortar, cracks in the bricks, all this kind of stuff. It's just kind of interesting that, you know, there's such aging infrastructure around the city. And that, in large part, applies to mass transit as well. But yet we're supposed to all take mass transit next spring because congestion pricing's going to come around. But they need to do congestion pricing because they need the money for the old infrastructure. Right, my head is spinning. It's kind of like you're chasing the whole thing. All right. So this building fell down. What neighborhood? That's in Morris Heights. You never notice, like, when you think, okay, where is that? <laughs> it's, it's hard to actually place where it is. Yeah. I, I mean, when I first got into news, I don't even think I knew how many different, like, neighborhoods within the boroughs there are. But the Bronx, in particular, sometimes leaves me kind of confused. I know where the South Bronx is. I know where Throg's Neck is. I know where Woodlawn is. I know where Riverdale is. And I know where uh, uh, Fordham is. And uh, What about Soundview? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. But I've been to, like, hey, Mott Haven. Have you ever heard of Oakland Gardens? In Brooklyn? No, it's in Queens, actually. Okay. Nobody's ever heard of it, mm-hmm. but it's in Queens. I used to have this fight with them at New York One. They're like, uh, they'd always put up Oak- Oakland Gardens. And I'm like, nobody knows where that yeah, is. New York One is big into that. Just put Rego Park. I don't know. Just put something. Nobody knows where that is. Nobody's ever even heard of it. Do you know? Have you ever heard of Vinegar Hill? I feel like I have for some reason. Is there like a park or some kind of attraction near there? There's a, it's a section of Brooklyn right by the Brooklyn Bridge and Okay, yeah. You know, nobody it goes back to the Revolutionary War. Sometimes it goes back to the Revolutionary War and sometimes some real estate agent just came up with it to make yeah, the Yeah, 100%. To make it, it sound trendy. Right. All right, so this is what um Rudy Giuliani is up against right now. In her book, she writes this. There is no excuse Nope, let me skip that one. Let me. Oh, yeah, here we go. There is no defense for targeting a state house or state official, a courthouse, a judge or justice, or any election worker. There is no defense for target. Now, she's not talking about a target, literally like shooting somebody. She's not talking about that. We're talking about criticizing people. There is no defense for targeting a state house or state official, a courthouse, a judge or justice, or any election worker. Why the hell not? This is a democracy. She's always talking about democracy. Donald Trump threatened our democracy. And but she's she's actually bemoaning democracy throughout this silly book. Right. That's a big takeaway. She hates everybody except for unelected people. She hates elected congressmen. She hates Kevin McCarthy. She hates all these people. But she loves anybody who's unelected. The House parliamentarian was one of the wisest men I ever met. Donald Rumsfeld was the most uh, gracious and honorable man I ever knew. You know, stuff like that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. I, she's actually inadvertently telling the truth about herself. 
She also puts this stupid stuff like, and then I tweeted something, and then she puts her whole tweet in. This is a book. I think she had some, like, just she didn't put any real effort into this. Mm -hmm. But right now, I think it's number one on the bestseller list. She got on all of the damn fake news shows. You know, Greg Kelly, what was the name of my book again? Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Did I get to go on the Today Show? Did I get to go on, uh, what's the other show? Um, the Channel 2. It doesn't matter. I don't need those people. All right? I got this show. I got I got my platforms. I'm happy. But it's interesting how they just go they just hook each other up. Yeah. Boom, boom. Then we do our the same thing, but they still kind of control the machinery of the culture. But I think it's really interesting how you point out that it seems as though she sees anybody who works in government as inherently virtuous, right? Like there's something about working in the public sector that somehow is just really great. Like everything about you must be great. What you do is great. Your job is great. Yeah. Cassidy Hutchinson, great point. Cassidy Hutchinson gets there. She is... Her first job is at the White House, which should probably never happen, right? And this young woman comes to Washington to serve her country. No, not really. The people who go to uh, work in politics, uh, I don't know if it's about service to your country. They're ambitious. They're ambitious. Look, I'll be honest. I joined the military, right? Was it just to serve my country? No. I wanted to have an adventurous life. I wanted to learn how to fly planes. I thought the uniform was cool. I needed a job. You know, I mean, let's put, there are educational incentives, the GI Bill, all these things, you know, be all you can be, but we're going to pay your way to college, right? That's okay. People have needs. It's funny. You can join, uh, people, I've said this before in public and they're like, <gasps> they're, they're totally shocked that, you know, what, yeah, I, I mean, service to the country was like a fringe benefit of serving. And somebody came up to me after like, I cannot believe you said such a thing. How could you say such a thing? You mean to say, yeah, I mean to say I joined the military for a lot of reasons. Okay? Let me ask you something, lady. It was a lady, too. Uh, you have any uh, relatives in finance? And she just gave me a look. All right? What are those guys at Goldman Sachs? You think they work? They, they, they go to work to serve their friends? No, they went to make money. That's okay. It's America, baby. I think I actually called her baby, too. <laughs> I overreacted. I overreact sometimes, especially. Anyway, all no, right. never. Bottom line is what? Well, I don't know. I just think that to me, if you're strengthening democracy, if you're, you know, at, in other words, if you're asking questions about the process inherent in electing officials and the stuff that we can't see, you know, like what goes beyond behind closed doors and counting ballots and all this kind of stuff, if you're asking questions about that, I would think that makes the whole thing stronger. Yeah, no, you, according to according to the fake news, according to Liz Cheney, according to the uh, January 6th committee, you are a threat to democracy, literally. And you can never question these things. Like, we don't serve them. They serve us. And any any system can fail. Mitt Romney, huh? What a profile in weakness. Cut 22. If he were to become elected president again, it is a campaign of retribution and anger and hate. That's not what America is based on. America was based on the idea of in God we trust and united we stand. Divided we fall. Divided nation is not the nation America is intended to be. We don't have a united country like just for the sake of unity. Right. I mean, he, this is one of the many. He doesn't understand America. He doesn't understand leadership. This is a guy who will never get his hair fussed or must. Right. He just he's always got a. He's never going to break a sweat. Now, I don't want to be unified. 
and say, okay, no border. To get unity, I'm going to say no border. To get unity, I'm going to say I'm going to go along with this transgender mess and have drag queens come into my child's school and hang around the kids. No, I, the, the, we're not going to unify, right? We're going to stay disunified. And that is, until 10 minutes ago, that's not a bad thing. You're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to. But no, now the unity. Hey, by the way, I'm looking at Rudy Giuliani going into court again, hassling this guy. He happens to look great. He's wearing a three-piece suit. Rudy is wearing a three-piece suit. Not everybody can pull off a three-piece suit. He can. He is. Uh, he looks fantastic, and he's with his good man Ted Goodman with him. His good man Ted Goodman. I see what you did there. Uh, I didn't mean to, but he's a. Uh, hey, what's the new the New York Times milestone? Milestone last edition. Hopefully, <laughs> they stink. Speaking of transgender, they can't stop writing about transgender, and they can't stop writing about woke TV shows. And they also can't stop writing about Willie Geist. Willie Geist on NBC News. Willie Geist has a podcast. Willie Geist goes to lunch. Willie Geist uh, on his relationship with Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough, just Willie Geist. They can't stop. And uh, what's that guy's name? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, yeah, they love him. I can't. I mean, enough with that guy and his silly Hamilton show. <laughs> enough with that. Let's stop pretending we liked it either. It was too fast. Nobody could understand the words, right? And, oh, by the way, what about all the white people? No white people. And he advertises that way. Yeah, we have no white people in this show. He was overtly hostile to people who did not look like him. I'm talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, the guy who started Hamilton, at once a nice guy, but it all went to his head, and now he can be as, uh, well, bigoted as he wants to be, actually. And, um, well, uh, and you get rewarded for that kind of bigotry, apparently. Anti-white. I wonder where he comes down on the Israel thing. Hmm. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, it looks like Kamala Harris's husband is as dumb as she is. Wow. Uh, Doug Emhoff is the name of that guy married to uh, Kamala. And he thinks he's a big deal. He's always posting crap on social media and um, uh, living the life, living the life. Uh, they get a great big mansion there. The second gentleman, the second gentleman. So um, apparently I know more about Hanukkah than he does. <laughs> I'm very surprised. I mean, this is a this is a doozy of a mistake. Uh, listen to this. The Post has a great write up here. Second gentleman Doug Emhoff, the better half of Vice President Harris, bungled the history behind Hanukkah Monday in a since deleted social media post where he attempted to explain why Jewish people celebrate the ancient miracle. The story of Hanukkah and the story of the Jewish people has always been one of hope and resilience. Emhoff, who was Jewish, wrote on X in the Hanukkah story. The Jewish people were forced into hiding. No one thought they would survive or that the few drops of oil they had would last. But they survived and the oil kept burning. You know the party got wrong, right? (laughs) During those eight days in hiding, they recited their prayers and continued their traditions. That's why Hanukkah means dedication. It was during those dark nights that the Maccabees uh, dedicated themselves to maintaining hope and faith in the oil, each other, and in their Judaism. In these dark times, I think of that story, Emhoff said. Now, rather than a story of hiding, Hanukkah is actually the celebration of a massive victory for the Jewish people. Hanukkah commemorates the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem 
after the Maccabees, a Jewish militia, liberated ancient Israel from Syrian Greek occupation about 2,200 years ago, restoring Jewish the Jewish ritual uh, to the sacred site. Uh, when the Maccabees sought to light the temple's menorah as part of the rededication ceremony, they found only a few days' worth of oil, but when the oil was lit, it lasted miraculously for eight days. Before Emhoff deleted the post, several users of Twitter quickly pointed out that the second gentleman who has been working with the White House on combating anti-Semitism missed the mark on the story behind the Festival of Lights. Doug Emhoff apparently thinks the Maccabees were hiding out in some sort of subterranean lair with an oil lamp. Will Scharf, a former federal prosecutor and current candidate for Missouri Attorney General, wrote on X, This is emphatically not the story of Hanukkah. Uh, another person says, I'm really hoping the second gentleman left this to some hapless and uneducated intern who couldn't be bothered to even consult Wikipedia. Jason Bedrick, a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, eight days of hiding? Yikes, man. How could this happen? Noah Rothman, a senior writer at the National Review, wondered. It's inexplicable in general. But at this point in this environment, it is so ponderously inept, could only be enemy action. There are saboteurs at work here. Gotta be it. Wait, what? <laughs> the story of Hanukkah is not the story of hiding, but of winning the war. It's the story of faith and the story of reestablishing the Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel. Amhoff is somehow responsible for fighting anti-Semitism, but he can't get his terms straight. That's from... Uh, Katya Sedgwick. It is pretty wild. And it underscores, quite frankly, look, that's bad. I'm not Jewish, but uh, that's bad. My wife is Jewish. I know about I know more about Hanukkah because I'm married to her than I knew before. But I knew this. Um, But a lot of us, uh, let's face it. How often do we consult the good book? Right, right, right. Uh, You don't want to be like Anthony Fauci writing your own rules and, you know, Get into it. You know what I advocate? The Charles Stanley Life Principle Bible. For you beginners out there with all the footnotes and the essays, it really helps. And it changed everything in my life. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tarihin azabından kurtulamayacaksınız. Tarihin azabından kurtulsanız Allah'ın azabından kurtulamayacaksınız. All right, Hepinizi this is They're trailing off there because he's he's collapses after saying horrible things. Horrible things. That guy's name who was yelling all that stuff, he was calling for Israel. Israel will have the wrath of Allah. All right, he's totally anti-Israel, totally anti-Semitic. And uh, his name is Hassan Bitmez in the Turkish parliament, and he's giving this horrible, ugly speech. And just as he ends it, he collapses. I don't want to, you think God had something to do with that? I think God, uh, Israel's the chosen land. I, uh, uh, maybe. Just a coincidence? It's like he had a heart attack. Yikes. Um, well, I hope he gets well and uh, realizes the error of his ways. Uh, I really hope that is the case, but uh, I have a feeling that just wasn't a coincidence, right? <laughs> I just, you know, God does have a sense of humor. 
He really does. A friend of mine uh, was down in the dumps once and uh, was saying, like, I really need a sign from God. I really need a sign from God that everything's going to be okay. And um, they looked up, and all of a sudden, a truck came by, and it was the Connecticut Sign Company, an S-I-G-N company. Uh, I've never heard of somebody calling for a sign and then one pops up just like that. All right. We got to talk about Rudy. Rudy's in trouble. Uh, I don't like that he's in trouble. He shouldn't be in trouble. He is at the very top of his game. He is performing incredibly well at a, an incredibly high level. Everybody's out to get him. Why? Because he backs Trump and he raised questions about the election. This is still America. You're allowed to do that. You know what they're trying to do? Intimidate everybody, right? You can't question an election. You can't raise doubts about this corporation or that corporation. Well, why the hell not? And you can't say anything about these Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. I mean, look at them. They're pathetic. You can't say anything about them. You can't say anything about Brad Raffensperger's wife. Well, why not? I don't want to say anything about Brad Raffensperger's wife. I'm not, I don't even know who that is. But this is America and you can say things. Not everything has to be perfect and you actually have the right to be wrong. Okay. You don't have to fact check everything you say ahead of time. You, you don't. Uh, you, you're allowed. You, you, there's great permissiveness. We err on the side of free speech and they're using the laws the way they weren't intended. You know, Laws, libel, you got to use them as a scalpel. It's got to be, I've heard judges talk about this. You apply the law like it's a scalpel, not like it's a, a great big meat cleaver. You have to be very, very precise when imp- applying these laws. And I don't think Rudy broke one. I don't think he broke one. And we don't know everything there is to know about the 2020 election. And I r- maintain I have strong concerns, grave concerns, about the fairness of the 2020 election. And I looked at Pennsylvania. Uh, weird things happened there. They said you could vote in any way you want in violation of the state constitution. I am not as up to speed on the situation in Georgia, uh, but I just know this, that an election worker is not above criticism. In life, you know... You just don't get praise, 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 praise for the men and women of the elections department, for the men and women of the Homeland Security Department, for the men and women of the Department of Defense, for the men and women of the Treasury Department. Being that they are men and women means that they are human beings and human beings. There's good and bad in every single one of us. And some are more susceptible to corruption, to bribery to blowing off the law, to breaking the law. Every department, every institution ever created by man, people go astray. (laughs) People do things. And sometimes a lot of people do things. And sometimes they get together and they do things in concert. And sometimes they don't even have to get together and do things in concert. There is just an understanding. There is an understanding about how things are going to go. I'd like to know. I think it's still America. I can still ask these things, although kind of I can't, actually. That doesn't feel good. That's not America. Because ABC News and CBS News said something about the election on Saturday, November 7th. President Trump did not owe anybody anything regarding that election. If he thought, if he thought, literally thought, that something 
was not right. And he's the president of the United States. He had every right to do exactly what he did. So many lies have been told about him. He had no obligation to follow anyone's advice. The president. Try it again. Look up that Constitution. Is the deputy White House counsel mentioned in it? No. Is the White House counsel mentioned in it? Is Bill Stepien, some guy from New Jersey, mentioned in it? You know how they say Donald Trump knew he lost the election? Because these guys you never heard of said so. These guys you never heard of said he should drop out after the uh, Access Hollywood tape came down. And he didn't. And thank God. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm good, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. My phone's messed up. So I just wanted to talk about uh, your little segment with Romney that you just uh, did a few minutes back. So Romney was saying uh, that we're uh, we're united and that Donald Trump will ununite us. Well, I personally think we've never been more ununited, uh, maybe except for during the Civil War. And? The divi- well, the division is just ridiculous. So Romney is just talking out his butt. Well, thank you. Um, that's it? Uh, well, I mean, do you, do you agree with that? I don't like that terminology. It's not the kind of terminology I, uh, I use. Okay. Um, I don't know if you listened to the segment, but my point was that Romney's a jerk and he's wrong and he doesn't understand America and he doesn't understand leadership. And uh, he was a pathetic presidential candidate. That was a very winnable race against Barack Obama. Uh, not only did he lose to Barack Obama, he lost to Candy Crowley uh, for some weird reason. He kissed the ass. Well, there I go. But not the way you said it. I will say kiss the ass of uh uh, Barack Obama's daughters. He lost a little bit too well. He was too eager to lose. And, uh, what about that dog on the roof of the car? Thank you, uh, Alan. Uh, Adam from Hempstead. Welcome back. Yeah. You know, I, I listen to you all day, man, every day, regardless if I call or not. I just wanted you to know that. Um, I'm at the airport sitting in the parking lot and, um, I'm so glad, man, that Rudy getting ready to pay Black Lives Matter, man, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, because he slandered them with no evidence. You don't think that's that's wrong? You know, I could you you slander people all the time. You call and say all kinds of horrible things about people all the time, Adam. And you know what? Uh, Nobody can sue you for that. Nobody can sue you for that. I think you happen to be black. I've criticized you before. Uh, you know, you've called this radio station and misrepresented yourself before. I don't think you should be sued for that. I don't think anybody be sued, sued for what comes out of their mouth, except in very, very, very peculiar and rare circumstances. And there's nothing special about Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. And I want to know, what the hell did they do to get that gold medal? You know that they were given a presidential gold medal? Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. I can't go anywhere anymore. I mean, they got for being pathetic. Did they just get it because Rudy criticized him? Did they, is that it? Well, he 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 criticized him with no evidence, sir. He criti- You know what? We don't know. Uh, criticize. Over. You know what? You know what? You know what, dude? 
That's what's great about America. All right? You can say stuff. I'm going to say something about you. I think you cheated at uh, at uh, football when you were in high school. I heard somebody say that. You cheated. Okay. Yeah. No, look, Adam, you can say stuff. All right? You can say stuff. And Rudy Giuliani is a accomplished lawyer. People forget that. I, I am reminded of it every day when he comes in here and he talks and he talks to the audience. He talks to me. He has... He is on such solid ground. Just because the system is corrupt, right? The system is corrupt. He's not corrupt. The system, we have a beautiful, we have a beautiful constitution. We have a beautiful set of laws. Nobody knows them better than Rudy Giuliani. And nobody's being treated more unfairly, I think, these days than Rudy Giuliani. And you should know, Adam, you should know, having been in prison three times, that some people are falsely imprisoned. Some people are falsely accused. So, and I don't know whether you are falsely or justly accused. I was once falsely accused. I know what it's like. And until you know, until you've gone through that, and what's really tragic here is that the United States of America, when I see that, when I see the United States of America versus Donald J. Trump, and how righteous it makes one side sound and the other side, Rudy is a hero. He remains a hero. And it's it's far more than what he did on 9-11, which was great. It's what he's doing now, what he's done for Trump, because this is real heroism. Heroism is sacrificing and doing the right thing when everybody is calling you names, when your life would be a lot easier to do nothing or to do what the others are doing. You understand? That's heroism. That's real heroism. I, I just, <laughs> to do what you, what everybody else does, there's nothing special about that, but to do the right thing when everybody is on your case and he's facing financial sacrifice, reputational sacrifice, even though his reputation. The more this society says that you're a bad guy, the probably the better you are. So, and there you are gloating that Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, who, uh, what county did they work in, by the way? It was in Atlanta, Georgia, sir. And what did they? I don't know what county Atlanta, Georgia. All right, well, you haven't been following the case very well. Which, 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 do you know which voting precinct they were working in? Uh, You don't know any of the, you don't know any of the Pacific. You've, you've just decided you got two black women and you got Rudy Giuliani and uh, you threw Black Lives Matter in and you know what side you're on. You're being manipulated. Adam, you're being manipulated. You're being manipulated and a lot of people are. You're not the only one. The entire, very few of us, very few of us are quite frankly, Independent enough, strong enough. I want to say smart enough, but I know some people who, you know, everybody's smart, really. Everybody's really good at something. I'm, I'm just so lucky. I'm lucky. I am so lucky. I'm so blessed that the things that happen to me, when they happen to me, how they happen to me, happen to me, and that I don't have to be swept up in this corrupt, horrible, mob, disgusting, warped, perverted moment that America is in right now, that I can stand free of it all. And, Adam, I invite you to join me. It's beautiful. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Anytime somebody has a face tattoo, a face tattoo, uh, stay the hell away. 99% of the time, you will be uh, safer avoiding somebody with a face tattoo. There are a couple of exceptions. Uh, the guy from the movie Papillon, um, Mike Tyson, he has a face tattoo. I, I recall this because Robert Cremo III, he was accused of fatally shooting seven people during a July 4th parade, um, has all these things. Uh the, the evidence against him is absolutely overwhelming, and he's in court on uh, this week, and he got rid of his lawyers, and he wants to be his own lawyer. Remember what they say about people who defend themselves in court, who serve as their own lawyers? Hmm? Remember that one? They have a fool for a client. So uh, Robert Cremo, my gosh, he is uh, one spooky-looking dude, and uh, he did something really horrible, Seven seven people dead. Satan, Satan is real, and he's on the loose, and he's he's wreaking havoc wherever he goes, wreaking absolute havoc, and it's uh, you can see it everywhere. You can see it everywhere. We have to be on guard. We have to be spiritually armed. We have to uh, we have to get ready. There's <laughs> a, how do we get? I just gave that big speech about how beautiful it is on my side. How how do we? How do we remain strong? I think we have to just boycott a lot of this stuff. And boycott, not like I want to boycott. I'm not trying to bankrupt anybody. But the culture that brought us here, and I think the video games, this guy stayed in his room all day long and played those shoot 'em up video games. Grand Theft Auto. Have you seen Grand Theft Auto, the fifth? That's coming out. I mean, this is a how-to guide for mass shooting. Mass shooting. And you walk right up to the guy and you shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head. It's a video game. Video game. Space invaders. Pinball machines. I'm looking at Zelensky right now with Joe Biden. They have a raging fire behind them. That fire is too big. Somebody put one too many logs in that fire. They could have a situation there. And there's Zelensky in his sweatshirt and green pants. Looks like a bum. I am really getting sick of him and his pitch. Give us more money. Give us more money. Sure enough, crap is coming out of the fireplace right now. Embers are just coming out of the fireplace. That thing is too big, and they're going to have a problem there. And I don't think they have one of those. Of course, Joe Biden can't take any questions. Hold all questions. Everybody get lost. Oh, he's going to read something off of his card and um, embarrass us all again. Sorry. I have... uh, I've had it with this and our border. Thank, I'm so thankful that the Republicans are saying, uh, we're not going to give them a dime until we get this thing straightened out. And there's so much that they could be doing right now. The executive branch of government. That's what's really heartbreaking. You don't need a bipartisan uh, agreement on immigration reform. You can just look at the code right now and start doing things. Remain in Mexico. You can actually do that. You don't need legislative help right now. You don't need a legislative solution. This is an executive problem. we got plenty of laws. Execute them. Execute the laws. Chief Executive. Hello, Russ. Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg, your bromance with Adam is radio gold, man. And that, that's why I want to ask you this question. If you think... Being in the military is similar to being in a correctional facility because following orders is crucial. Uh, no, I don't think being in the military is similar to being in a jail. Uh, boot camp may feel that way a little bit, like a work camp or something like that. 
but not no i wouldn't say that that's a good analogy you know military there's there are such things as military prisons some people think they have it bad in the military well how about <laughs> how about military prison uh, that's that's really bad. I know plenty of guys who went to military prison, too, uh, come to think of it. Uh, yeah, no, it's different. Why? A related question is, what part did killing people factor into your choice to join the military? Or is it against U.S. law to supply arms to Israel after committing war crimes? Those are the two questions I really wanted to ask. You think Israel committed war crimes? They're sitting there threatening to drown civilians in tunnels. All right, all right. Ru- 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 Russ, Russ, okay, Russ, Russ. Thank Russ. you, Greg. Oh, what? You're running away? You're hanging well, up so soon, Russ? Up I'm not no, hanging up. Do me a favor. Rather... Don't be so obnoxious on the phone. Learn how to speak to people on the phone, okay? All right? First. All right? I'm not hanging up on you, but you come on like such a whoa. Uh, although I am tempted to hang up on you and tell you to never call back again if you really think that the terrorists are the good guys. That the terrorists, right? That the terror, the people who slaughtered women and children on purpose actually targeted them. Hey, you see that music festival over there? Yeah, let's go slaughter all the girls. That's what they did. So people are going to die in a war. Collateral damage will happen. A civilized country like Israel in retaliating, wants to target, wants to eliminate the aggressors, which does not include women and children. However, it's going to happen. It will happen. They seek to minimize it. It it happened when we invaded Iraq. It happened in Afghanistan. It happened in Vietnam. It even happened in Normandy, right? It happens. Now, the tunnels, we damn well should flood those tunnels, we absolutely that tunnel system, which I, from what I hear is more complex, more involved than the uh, New York City subway system. And oh, by the way, Adam, I mean, Russ, they haven't done it yet. So here you and I are talking about this. Right. Don't you think they have alerted and they're taking the proper steps to not hurt or to minimize the hurt of that innocent and the hostages? We got to worry about the hostages. Here we are debating it, and you think that they don't know about it yet, they don't know what's coming, and they're not taking measures, right? Anyway, I, 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 I think I they're keep, saving. You think they're, they're what? saving hostages. They're preserving the hostages. Hamas is saving the hostages. Okay, alive. we heard it. Russ, Russ knows. Russ knows. I hope you're right, by the way. I hope you're right. All right, Russ, thank you. Just tone it down a notch, all right? Let's have okay, a conversation. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, bye. Bye. Whew. Uh, should we do one more? Uh, I got to go. There's the music. Many thanks, everybody. And um, what else? Got some interesting video projects in the works. Hope you see it soon. And Diego, thank you. What's the name of that college you went to? Western Michigan University. Where did Rich go? Hofstra. Hofstra. Uh, You see, we learned something about three people learned something about each other. I'll be back tomorrow. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.